You're listening to the Radical Disruption Podcast with Maya Nicole, nursing student turned multi-six-figure online entrepreneur. Here we talk all things real and raw when it comes to entrepreneurship and what it really takes to get to the next level. Leave the small biz talk at the door and buckle up for the tangible, tactical, and actionable steps that will help guide you in building a disruptive business. Let's dive into the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Radical Disruption. Today we are chatting all things hiring and I'm going to be running you through who I hired and in what order I hired each person on my team and how I found them. But before I jump into all of that, I just want to say that the Instagram handles of every single person on my team outside of my CPA, who which I will share instead of their Instagram account, I'll share their website are links down in the show notes that you can reach out to these people if you are interested in working with them. They are all absolutely amazing. I highly recommend them. So again, those are going to be links down in the show notes. All right. With that being said, let's dive into the show. So when it comes to hiring, people always ask me, how do you know that you're ready to hire someone onto your team? And I don't think that there is a certain time frame that you have to be in business or a certain income level that you have to hit before you can then be ready to hire. That being said, though, I personally wouldn't hire someone, just me personally, I wouldn't hire someone unless I had been in my business for either a few months or hitting like 5K months. And the reason why I say that is because I think it's really important as business owners to know what is going on in our business. And I think sometimes what I see is people will hire too soon in their business. In the tasks that they have their team members do, they don't know really what's going on. And so they're kind of clueless when it comes to certain aspects in their business. For me personally, like looking back on my journey, I think that something that I think that I did really well, which obviously I didn't really know this at the time, but I'm grateful that, that this was kind of my journey, is that I I was in my business. I was in the nitty gritty and I knew how things worked because I really had done them myself. And then I handed over to sport to someone else. So is that to say that like you have to learn how to build a website in order to hire like a website designer? No, that's not what I'm saying because a website designer is usually like a, a one-time type of thing. Or, you know, if you continue having them like up to your website, then that's, you know, a different story. But they're not necessarily some that you're hiring onto your team to work with you like on a day-to-day or week-to-week basis. But that being said, like if you're hiring, let's just say a social media manager to go through your analytics on Instagram. It's like, if you're not going through your analytics on Instagram before you hire someone to then give feedback on your analytics and like be checking things for you, when they come to you with either questions or they're giving you that feedback, you're not gonna know how to interpret the information that they're giving you. So I just think that there's so much power in building systems and really knowing our business before we kind of turn it over to other people. So that's why I said like 5K-ish months or just being in business for a few months before you kind of turn over the reins or, you know, get that support from other people. So again, I don't think there's a certain time frame in business like, oh, once you hit six months, you know, into your business, you should be looking to hire because I know of people who have been in their business for two years and like until they hit that two year mark, everything was really like easy for them to handle because of the systems that they had put in place for themselves but then they wanted to really take things to the next level. And so then they ended up hiring. And I also know people who started hiring at 10K months, 
because, you know, their business was more hands-on and, and they needed more support. So I think it really just comes down to the type of business that you're running. I think it also comes down to if you're just simply needing more support. And so that kind of leads me into my story of hiring. When I was looking to hire, I think I had I, I had thrown around the idea in my head for about a month before I actually like started the process of like looking to hire someone. I was like, I think I need support. And how that came to be was I was really looking at my business and not just like the the income in my business, but really looking at my business and the things that I wanted to achieve in the coming months and really thinking and asking myself, is this something that I'm going to be able to achieve without working literally 24-7? And my answer, I just kept coming back and I was like, you know what, in order to get to the next level and do the things that I want to do moving forward, I need support or else I am going to be working 24-7. And so then what happened next was I started to really look into my business on a very deep level in terms of how much time I was spending on certain things inside of my business. And I did what I call a time audit. So for an entire week, and yes, I actually did this for an entire week, I tracked every minute, every second that I spent on certain tasks in my business. So I would pull up my phone and I would have a timer on my phone and I would set a timer for each of the tasks. And then I'd go into my notes and I would write a note of like, okay, I spent five minutes, you know, responding to emails or I spent, you know, 15 minutes responding to comments on Instagram. And I did that for an entire week. And then I looked back after that week at all the different things that I spent time on and I categorized it basically from top to bottom of the things that took me the most amount of time or, you know, took up the most amount of time on a week to week basis and also on a day to day basis. And then all the way down to the bottom, which is the things that take up the least amount of time. And so that really was an eye opening experience for me because I I really, truly thought like, oh, there's not a lot of things that are like taking up a lot of time. Like there's, you know, I, I do like five minute tasks here and 10 minute tasks here. And what I realized is that I was actually there were actually a few tasks that were taking up a lot more time than I thought. So after I did that exercise, I used that same exact list and I kind of went through this, the, especially the things at the top of the list. And I asked myself, is this energy bringing or energy draining? So is this, is this something that like I go into this task and I'm like, I do not want to do this task. Like I'm dreading doing this, or even sometimes I'm procrastinating because I don't like doing it that much. And so I went through this list again, energy draining versus energy bringing. Energy bringing is something that I genuinely enjoy doing, you know, usually where like my expertise lies, creativity, things like that. So I, I kind of sorted through this list again with the amount of time I spent and then my energy behind each task that I was doing. And one of the things that I realized is writing emails. Writing emails was something that was taking up a lot of my time. And it wasn't necessarily something that was like energy draining, but also at the same time, I was like, you know what? This isn't really where my expertise lies. And even though I had grown my email list, I think at that point to, I want to say it was about seven or 8,000 subscribers. So it, it was doing pretty well with me writing my emails and, you know, the things that I was doing, it, it was working. But again, I was like, if I want to do the other things that I want to do in my business, which at the time, the other things that I wanted to do was work less. And I also wanted to be able to create other offers. And I didn't have the time to do that. 
And so looking at this time audit and really asking myself, you know, do I need to be the one that is doing this? And I realized, no, this is not something I necessarily need to be doing. And also there's probably someone else out there who is better at email marketing and copywriting than I am. And so that is what led me to my very first hire. So I found my email marketer and copywriter. Her name is Abby, and she's actually going to be a guest speaker on the podcast in just a few weeks from now. And I'm super excited for you to hear her story. She's amazing. But I found her through a friend on Instagram, someone I've never met, but I really, really admire her and I love her so much. And I'll probably end up bringing her on the podcast, hopefully in the future. But I saw her post on Instagram about her team and someone on her team was the email marketer, which is Abby. And so I ended up following Abby and I think I was following Abby for, I want to say like two or three months before I actually reached out to her. And I was like, hey, I need help. (laughs) Can we sit down and chat? And she was like, yes, of course. So we hopped on a call and I basically that day I was like, I signed the contract. I turned it over and I was like, let's do this. And I think the reason why I did that so quickly was because I got her from a not necessarily like a referral, but I saw someone else talk about Abby on their stories and how amazing she was. So I felt really confident in that decision to hire her. And so I did that pretty quickly. And ever since then, Abby and I have still been working together. She has helped me to scale my email list to, I think we're almost up to 16,000 subscribers right now on my email list. And she has done a, she has taken off a lot of work off of my shoulders. And I was even telling her this the other day, I was looking at all the emails that she is writing for me and all of the opt-in forms and email sequences and everything like that, that she has like helped me to optimize and everything. And I'm like, you've saved me quite literally hundreds of hours just in the last year of hiring you. So I, that right there was my very first hire. And again, I kind of give you that, that background process of how I ended up coming about with hiring her. But for me, I was so scared to turn over the reins to someone else. And it wasn't even me handing over my entire business, right? This was just a portion of what it was that I was doing. And at the time, it wasn't even like a huge portion of what I was doing. But it's still, I just, I'm such a control freak and a perfectionist that I was very scared to turn anything over to anyone else. Because I was like, what if they don't do it to the level that I would have done it myself? And what I realized is that it just takes time for you and the person that you hire to get to know each other. And if you hire the right person, they are going to do it to the level that you would have done it yourself, basically. And so I had such a great experience with Abby during, I think it was, I want to say our first two months together. And I mean, I've still had a great experience with her, but I'm saying after our first two months together, that's when I felt like, oh my gosh, like this is going so well why don't I hire someone else? So because of the great experience that I was having with Abby, I felt then confident in hiring other people. And also what I realized by doing that time audit and that energy audit as well, and also by giving away tasks to Abby outside of just email marketing, because she started, you know, creating my opt-in forms, optimizing like my email sequences and all these things. I was like, actually, there are a lot of things that I can delegate in my business that I don't have to be the one that is actually doing that thing. And so the next two hires that I made were virtual assistants. And I found my two virtual assistants by posting on my Instagram stories. And I said, I can't remember exactly what I said, probably along the lines of, hey, I'm looking to hire, you know, I think it was either a virtual assistant or a social media manager. 
this is like estimately what the pay would be. It was like a pay range. I want to say it was like 15 to $20 an hour or something. And then I linked an application, which was just a Google form application for people to fill out. At the top of the application, it kind of gave people a rundown of potentially the tasks that I would have them do. And inside of the questions, the questions were pretty, I mean, there were a lot of questions that went pretty in depth. And so I knew the people who like actually spent the time answering the questions. So I want to say I kept the application open for about 48 hours. I think I had like 30 people end up applying. And then I went through those applications and I narrowed it down to three people. And I reached out to those people. I sent them an email and I said, hey, let's set up a time to hop on a Zoom call. And so I sent them my Calendly link. We hopped on a 30-minute Zoom call. I think one of the calls was like 15 minutes. And I, I just chatted with them and got to know their vibe. And after hopping on those three calls, it really solidified my decision of who I wanted to hire. And so I hired my very first VA. And the reason why I hired her is because on her application, well, there's a few reasons, but on her application, she put down like her specialty because that was one of my questions was like, what is like your, your expertise or your specialty? What she replied with was like Canva content creation. And I was like, this is actually perfect because I'm needing someone who will help me create like slideshow trainings and like PDF guides and freebies and carousel posts and things like that. So that was a huge reason why I ended up with chatting with her, you know, on one of the three Zoom calls that I did. And then after I got off that call, I was like, I feel so good about this. And we just really vibe together. And she actually lives um, not that far away from me. And um, weird random connection. She actually knew my husband too. And I was like, this is like one of those random things that's like, it's almost too good to be true, but it like actually was like that good. And so I ended up hiring her And then um, she started doing those tasks for me. She, again, still works for me and I absolutely love her. And then the second virtual assistant that I hired was about a month later. So from my very first hire, which was Abby for email marketing, and then to the second hire was about two months. And then the next hire after that was about one month. And looking back, I probably could have hired like one virtual assistant to do the tasks that I had both, that I hired two people to do, if that makes sense. But I'm very grateful that I have both of the virtual assistants because they do have different specialties. And that's something that I'll talk a little bit more about at the end of like mistakes I see when people are hiring. But I hired the second virtual assistant. I actually went back to the application that people had filled out from the very first time that I was looking to hire. And I found her based on her specialty. So at this time, I was looking for someone to help me with basically customer support, customer service with my emails specifically with people who are canceling and having questions about IG University, their subscriptions and things like that. And so as I was going through the application process, that's specifically what I was looking for is like specializing in customer service or they had some sort of background with other jobs in like the customer service, customer support, or even just like communications in general. So I hired her again about one month after I hired my very first VA. And since then, just to kind of give you an idea, I originally hired my first VA again for like the content creation. I hired my second VA for like the customer support, but both of them actually do a lot more tasks for me now than just those two things. So between the two of them, they also are like managing my Facebook group pages, letting people in, uh, making sure that like they are monitoring like different posts that get posted inside the Facebook group pages. They're posting like prompts and challenges and things like that inside the Facebook group pages. They also repurpose content to TikTok and Pinterest for me. And I'm trying to think what else. 
they analyze a lot of things on on those two platforms for me as well. So they give me like spreadsheets of like my data and everything. And also like for TikTok specifically as well, like content ideas of things that I could like comments that I could reply to with different videos on TikTok. So that's what both of those virtual assistants do. And again, I'm very grateful that I hired both of them. And I'll talk more about why outside of what I already shared more at the end. The next person that I hired was actually many months later. So this was mainly done at the beginning of 2022. And to give you kind of a zoomed out look of my business at the time, when I hired Abby, I was, I think I had just hit my first 40K month in January. And I believe I hired her in February of 2022, which was like a 35K month for me. And that was also, let's see, that was six months, maybe seven months into my business at the time. And then um, when I hired my first and second virtual assistant, I was still about like 40K months. And so that was, again, the beginning of 2022. My next, this is my fourth hire, was my Pinterest manager. And so I found my Pinterest manager. I had done a Google search on Instagram at the beginning of 2022 And I brought her on as a guest speaker inside of IG University. And then like six months later, I ended up hiring her. I loved the training that she did. And I just continued to follow her on Instagram. And I saw the results that she was getting for her clients. And so I ended up hiring her. So we kind of had a a kind of a previous background, I guess you could say, before I ended up hiring her. I hopped on a call with her and we, you know, got everything set up. She actually ended up doing like a Pinterest optimization for me. And then I hired, well, at the same time, I hired her as a Pinterest manager as well. So that was my fourth hire. I want to say, I I don't know the date exactly on this, but I want to say it was like September of 2022. So it was several months after I hired my second virtual assistant. Um, And at the time, that's when I had hit 50K months pretty consistently. And again, it's not to say that you have to hit certain incomes to hire certain people, but I just kind of want to give you a perspective on that. And then the next person that I hired after that was my graphic designer. So this was my fifth hire. And I hired her because I really just wanted to take my the visual aspect of my Instagram account and also my offers to the next level. And she actually reached out to me in my direct messages after she had followed me for a while and she pitched working with me. But also to kind of give a deeper background on that, it wasn't like a cold message or anything. I had posted on my stories that I was looking for a graphic designer to potentially work with. Not necessarily like at that moment, but I was kind of just like playing with the idea of hiring. And then she direct messaged me. I want to say it was a few weeks after I had even posted that I was looking to hire someone, but I hadn't hired someone. I hadn't really took action. I received a few messages and I had looked into it a little bit. But when I saw, when I got her uh, message, I was like, this is actually perfect. And so I had her create a few like mock-up designs as if she was working with me. And so I kind of got to see like her vibe and I really, really loved what she created for me. And so I ended up hiring her, I want to say a few days after, well, she reached out to me and then I got back to her and it was probably like a week and a half after we initially chatted that I ended up hiring her once she sent me those like mock-up graphics. And funny story, she actually lives right down the street from me. So again, kind of just this weird coincidence. <laughs> now, I've never actually met her, but she's awesome and uh, we have continued working together. And then the next person that I hired, and this is the very last person on my team outside of my um, CPA, which I'll talk about in just a second. But my fifth person, or 
sixth person. We're on sixth now <laughs> in terms of counting. We're on sixth is my podcast manager. And she, all I have to say is she is literally heaven sent. Um, I can't even imagine going through the process of setting up a podcast without her. So not only does she continue to manage my podcast, but she also like helps me with the initial setup of everything. So she edited like my trailer, my intro, my outro. Uh, she set everything up. She got my podcast live on multiple platforms. She taught me how to use Zencaster, which is the platform that I use for podcasting. She is absolutely amazing. And that that investment alone is like worth tens of thousands of dollars because she saved me so much time. So I absolutely love her. And the way that I found her was I was a guest on another person's podcast, Emily, and she's absolutely amazing. And I, I saw her post about her podcast manager on her stories and I started following the podcast manager, which is Jill. And uh, I was like, oh, you know, eventually I want to do a podcast. Eventually I want to do a podcast. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to go for it. I just need support in doing this because I don't have the time to, you know, do it all myself. And so I reached out to Jill and basically got set up like within like the next few days after that. So that is my story with finding different people on my team, but I just want to end with my CPA. And the reason why I didn't include my CPA in here is because technically like it, they are definitely a part of my team, but also I don't work with them like quite as closely. Like, yes, I'm asking questions and things like that. It's not that like they don't ever, that I don't ever talk to them, but I, I guess when I just think of like hiring people, I don't really think of that, but that was actually technically my first hire. And I didn't really like hire them. I mean, kind of I did, but I kind of also didn't. So my husband was using them, the CPA, for his taxes. And so I just kind of like jumped on that train because they had done such a great job for my husband's taxes. I was like, yeah, great. And so I've had a really great experience with them. I think we've been using them now for like, this will be our third tax season now using them. Um, and they're really, really awesome. And we found them from a referral from another one of our friends. So referrals are very powerful, which kind of leads me into how you can find your team. So there's four really big ways that stand out to me when it comes to finding your team. Number one is referrals. <laughs> so you can reach out to people that you look up to and you can, you know, watch their stories or even looking on like their website. Oftentimes, if people have a team, they'll kind of list like who's on their team on their website. And you can basically just see who they're working with, or you could even ask them like who they recommend. A great example of this would be that all of my referrals are down in the show notes linked below. So all the people on my team, I highly recommend them. So that would kind of be like what that referral process looks like. But again, you can just reach out to people who you look up to. You can ask them who they've hired. Um, I've even done this with people who not even necessarily like a team member, but like I saw someone's website and I was like, this website is absolutely stunning. And so I direct messaged them and I was like, hey, who, you know, who did you use to build your website? And so asking people, don't be afraid to ask questions. The second place that you can find your team through is if you're inside of IG University, there's actually a membership directory with people who have entered their information and specialty. And so you can kind of go through, it's a, an Excel spreadsheet and you can uh, look through like there's social media managers in there, there's graphic designers in there, there's virtual assistants in there. So you can use that. 
And the benefit to that is that they've been inside of IG University. So if you're looking for someone specifically who, you know, has a skill set in like Instagram growth, then that's a great place to do that. Another thing that I would say, though, is if you're not inside of IG University, you're missing out. (laughs) But that is actually not what I was going to say. What I was going to say is if you're not inside of IG University, Facebook group pages are also a really great place that you can find people to hire. So if you're inside of a Facebook group page with like other small business owners, you know, you can ask them for their referrals. So that's kind of like a that's kind of going back to the first one. But I would just say also utilizing Facebook group pages and any networking opportunities that you might be a part of. So if you are going to like an event or anything like that and you find someone who's really amazing, you can ask them if they have a team who they have hired, how they've gained support and things like that. The third place that you can find your team is by searching on Instagram. So the search bar on Instagram is incredibly amazing for finding a specific expert as long as they have their specialty written in their bio. So like those keywords in the bold portion of your name and your bio, you can search for people. So this is actually exactly how I found my Pinterest manager who I wasn't necessarily looking for a Pinterest manager at the time, but I was looking for someone to come into IG University and talk about Pinterest. And I typed in, I think I just typed in Pinterest and her account came up. And after, well, I looked through a few different accounts and her stuck out to me the most. And I ended up bringing her onto IG University and then later hiring her. And so that's a really powerful way that you can go about finding people is just by searching like graphic designer or virtual assistant or social media manager or online business manager, or lead generator, or any of those things, you can search those on Instagram. Again, as long as they have the specialty in their name, they should come up. And then the fourth and last place, again, this is not necessarily the last, but this these are just my recommendations when it comes to finding your team, would be to go to your community. Utilize the power of your community. Post on your story. Say that you're searching for someone to hire, and then get specific about, you know, what does the pay look like? What does potential tasks look like? What specialty are you looking for? Are you looking for a virtual assistant? Are you looking for a graphic designer? Are you looking for someone to run like your Facebook ads? Like, what are you specifically looking for? And put that on your story with also a link to an application. So that is my recommendation. Again, um, there are so many different powerful resources out there when it comes to hiring, but these are the four that have been really, really successful for me in terms of finding really high quality people. So to close off the episode today, I just want to end with three mistakes that I see people make when it comes to hiring. The first mistake that I see people make is that they don't hire someone who specializes in the things that they are needing. So you really want to make sure that you're hiring for the role that you need help with and find someone who specializes in what it is that you're needing help with. So a VA isn't necessarily the best answer for you. That might not be the best role for you to hire on your first hire. Uh, The reason why I say this is because I think a lot of times people think, oh, like I'm just going to hire a virtual assistant and they're going to, you know, be able to help me. And I think uh, if you're listening to this and you're a virtual assistant, virtual assistants are absolutely amazing. I'm not talking down on you whatsoever, but I don't think that a virtual assistant is necessarily the best hire for everyone, at least not on their first hire. As an example, if you need help with like visibility, hire a PR agency. If you need help with email marketing, hire like an email marketing manager or copywriter. If you want help with your sales page, like don't just hire a VA to do that, hire a sales page copywriter. So 
the reason why, I, again, I bring this up is because you want to hire someone who specializes, who is an expert in the thing that you are needing help with, because your results are going to be so much greater and so much better by hiring someone who's an expert in that thing. So this is kind of comes back to full circle moment when I was talking about why I kind of hired two different virtual assistants is because I think that both of my virtual assistants, either one of them could have done all the tasks that I needed help with. That being said, though, was that their specialty? It wasn't their specialty at the end of the day to do the other person's tasks. And so when I hired two different virtual assistants based on their specialties, I found people who were really good at the things that I was needing help with. So again, it's not to say that you can't, you know, find a virtual assistant who, you know, helps you with what you need help with. But again, I would say asking what their specialty is versus just looking for someone who does a little bit of everything, like finding a virtual assistant who does some copywriting and does some posting on Instagram and does some content creation and some customer support and, you know, all of these different things. It's like, just find someone who maybe does one or two tasks really, really well versus someone who does 10 tasks. And then over time, you can increase the amount of people that you bring onto your team based on what you're needing help with next. So when it comes down to especially the bigger tasks, let me just end with this on this very first point of mistakes that I see. When it comes to bigger tasks like Pinterest management versus like Instagram management, you might have someone who does both. Um, I would definitely like look into that deeper, but you might not want to hire someone who is like a Pinterest manager and an Instagram manager and they also do like content creation and they also do your email marketing and they also do like your Facebook unless 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 it is an agency where inside of that agency you have multiple people who are doing different tasks because those multiple people are they're an expert in certain things so someone who is an expert let me just go back to Pinterest again for the last time someone who is an expert in Pinterest like they're in the trenches of Pinterest daily they understand how things are going they understand the changes the algorithms what you need to post, what you don't need to post. They know what they are doing. And it's not to say again that someone else wouldn't know what they're doing, but like when you hire someone who's an expert in that thing, like that is what they are good at. Like they're going to be the ones that give you the best results in terms of that one specific thing that you hired them for. So just something to think about is instead of maybe hiring someone who does a little bit of everything, maybe finding people who specialize in things that you're needing. So the second mistake that I see people make when hiring is that they don't really go through the process of vetting someone before they actually hire them. It will take you more time if you go through the vetting process to hire, you know, your first or your second or your third person on your team. That being said, it will save you more time in the long run because you don't have to fire and then hire and then fire and then hire because you don't find someone who is the perfect fit for what you are needing. So again, it does take more time to go through the vetting process, but in the long run, it actually saves you more time. So what I would say about the vetting process is very similar to what I did with like my virtual assistants where I posted an application. The application was very extensive And I looked through all the answers. I hopped on a call with them. And then even after I hopped on a call with them, you know, I spent some time really thinking about their answers. And I even recorded those calls and went back to the answers that they had given me. And then I made the decision of working with this person, my very first virtual assistant. And even after I made that decision, though, 
I gave like a six week like trial period. So I wasn't even like dead set committed. It was like, hey, let's try this out for six weeks. Obviously, still paid them during that six weeks. It wasn't like a free trial period or anything like that. Um, But it was a six week trial period just to really make sure that we were vibing. And, you know, it obviously turned out great and she still works with me, but that was like a whole process that I went through. And that actually kind of leads me into the third mistake that I see people make when hiring is that they don't have an onboarding process or systems put in place before hiring. So their team member is kind of just floating there, like not really sure what to do or like they do something and then they're not really sure what to do next. And so there's a lot of handholding and it takes up a lot of your time as the business owner because they don't know what to do next because you haven't put systems in place. So before you go about hiring, and again, this is why I recommend waiting a little bit in your business before you hire so that you can actually build out these systems and you can know what's going on in your business. So make sure that you have SOPs set up. So standard operating procedures, make sure you have those put in place before hiring so that your new team member basically has a step-by-step to follow when it comes to certain tasks. And that's going to save you a lot of time. It's going to make their life a lot easier. It's going to help them to be able to know, know how to do things very, very quickly without you sitting there and being like, okay, let me hold your hand and we're going to do this. And then we are going to do this. And then we're going to do this. So it makes your life a lot easier. But again, you can't really set up those systems if you're not in your business and you don't know what's going on. So you need to be in your business for at least a, enough amount of time where you know things are going on and you can set up those systems. And those systems, I would say most people set these up inside of things like ClickUp or Trello or even like inside of a Google Doc. Like, Again, it just needs to be that step-by-step. So when you onboard someone into your business, it's not like, okay, I onboarded you for customer service. Like here is, you know, the login for, you know, my customer service email. Here you go. And they're like, uh, okay. Like basically you're throwing them into the fire and just hoping that they do what you want them to do. And oftentimes when that happens, they're not going to do what you want them to do. You're going to feel really frustrated. You're going to be like, why did I hire this person? Now this is making more work for me. When in reality, if you just onboarded them, worked with them for a little bit more amount of time, and usually this is like two or three weeks where like you're working pretty closely with them and kind of walking them through how things are done. And they are asking you for feedback and you're giving feedback and you're saying, hey, you know, if I came to you with this situation, what would you say about this? And like working through the systems and making sure that everything is really clear it's going to save you so much more time in the long run, so much less of a headache because they actually are doing the things that you want them to do because you've explained and worked through how to actually do the things you want them to do. So that is the last thing to say about the three mistakes that I see people make when hiring. But the last thing I'll leave you with is that hiring is daunting at first, but once you have someone on your team who takes either a few or many tasks off of your plate, you're probably going to ask yourself, why didn't I do this sooner? That's exactly what I said when I hired my first and even my second person on my team. I was like, why didn't I not hire someone sooner? I don't know. So if you're someone like me where you want to hold control in your business and you're a perfectionist and you just want, you're scared that people aren't going to do it the way that you want them to do it, Make sure that you have systems set in place. Make sure you go through a vetting process. Make sure that you, you know, really take the time to get to know this person and help them to get to know your business. And I promise you that it is going to be such an amazing experience for you. So that is it for today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. And again, all the links for my team members are down in the show notes. 
If this episode has served you in any way, I'd love it if you shared what you've learned, any aha moments that you may have had, or something that you loved, and tag me on Instagram at Maya Nicole. And if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review so that we can continue to learn and grow together. Thank you so much for your support. I love you, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.